Finn Lizzy, Black Star Writers, and now Warwick Johnson. We're delighted to welcome legendary frontman Ricky Warwick onto the show. Gigging NI, the home of music in Northern Ireland. everyone and welcome to episode four of the gigging ni podcast hope we've all been well uh, my name is mark dunn and i'll be taking you through this episode uh, we're especially excited for this one as we have one of the country's finest musicians along with one of northern ireland's hottest bands right now we'll be speaking with legendary frontman ricky warwick very soon about his tours and travels uh, thin lizzie and of course his upcoming show with damon johnson in the limelight belfast this november we are, of course, a Northern Irish music website, and you can check out our website on giggingni.com, where you'll find all the latest gig reviews and announcements across Northern Ireland, and we'll keep you up to date with all the shows happening every single week. Now, as we like to promote Northern Irish music on the podcast, I'm especially happy to be speaking with Trucker Diablo from man Tom Hart, ahead of their album launch show in the Bar Sub in the Mandela Hall on the 14th of October to celebrate the release of their brand new album fighting for everything and we'll be playing one of their tracks from that very album so it's definitely worth sticking around for i just want to say another big thank you to everyone who's listened to our past episodes all of which are still available to stream on the website on soundcloud and itunes and please don't forget to subscribe and if you do want to leave a rating and a comment that's awesome now then uh why delay anymore let's kick straight into our interview with ricky warwick So I'd like to welcome Ricky Warwick onto the podcast today. Ricky, how does it feel to be returning to Belfast to play this November? Um, you know, it's it's a no-brainer. It's it's coming home for me. It's uh, you know, it's just a wonderful experience all around. I get to see you know my family. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of friends, and then they get to play for, in my opinion, the best, uh, the best fans in the world. Nice. And what's it, what's it like to travel all the way from LA to Belfast? Now, surely that weather change must always be hard to adjust to. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. I mean, I think I've, you know I've done it so many. I do it so many times yeah. every year. Um, I saw. I mean, without sort of turning blasé or it is really like just getting on a bus at the minute. I mean, I'm flying <laughs> over nine, ten times a year. So it's you, you, you kind of just get used to it. You, you get your routine down, and, and um, you know you try and make yourself as the time go as quickly as possible. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I, I mean I, I slipped right back into it. I mean, I touched down in, in Belfast. That you know I'm just I'm home, and and, and that's it. And yeah. there's no real thought to it. You know, everything just feels very comfortable. And you've you've actually played quite a lot of shows in Northern Ireland over the last sort of three or four years. What's been like your pick of the bunch within the last sort of Three or four years. Uh, I think uh, you, the first time I played the Waterfront Hall with Finn Lizzie, mm-hmm. 
Uh, that's going back to 2011. That was just uh, amazing, amazing experience. Um, wonderful night for for all the obvious reasons. Um, you know, playing the Ulster Hall with Black Star Riders. Yeah. Uh, a few years ago, and I think the last time we played the limelight was was was, was brilliant as well. Absolutely brilliant, you know. Yeah, and I know you're a firm favourite at the the Diamond Rock Club in Hockle. How did that situation yeah. all begin? Um, it started about ten years ago, and I was doing a bunch of solo shows. I I got an offer in, you know, just just from this place called yeah. the Diamond in Hockle, and I'll be honest with you, I mean, you know, I knew Ballymena and and, and throw around the area, but I'd never really heard of the Hockle, and and. Uh, I thought, well, you know, where is this place? You know, what, 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 what's this going to be like? Yeah. And I'll be honest, I drove up and I saw the Diamond Bar. And, you know, if you've ever been there, it's just yeah. a wee bar in a corner of this tiny little village. And I yeah. thought, oh, man, this is, this, is going to be, this is going to be rubbish. This is just, these people, there's going to be no rock scene here at all. They're going yeah. to, I don't think they realise what they booked, you know? Mm-hmm. And, of course, went in, met Derwin, saw the club, and it just formed me. My opinion just totally changed. And suddenly, from... Everywhere, all these sort of rockers came out, you know, and it was just an, an amazing show, amazing people, amazing clubs, so well run, and uh, and that was the beginning of it. That was the beginning of a love affair with the place, and I, I think I've played there every year since. Yeah, what do you, what do you make of the venue, like sort of sound wise and stuff? Does it sort of like is it in the same sort of level as obviously the the smaller venues it's around? It's fantastic. It's a top. It, no, it's, it's it's a top rate venue. I mean, Derwin um, and and his crew put a lot of hard work and. Turn a lot of nearly, I think, all the profits go back into the venue. Yeah. So it's extremely well run. It's got a great PA, um, great backstage facilities. No, can't fault it for anything at all. It's always a great atmosphere. I, I was there a few times, and like, and it's just so, it's so tight, and it's just the whole crowd is entirely passionate. It's it's absolutely fantastic. Yeah, I think people come out just to see a band, even even if you know, no matter who's playing, really, you you get that hardcore maybe thirty, forty people that just go every week because. Of the atmosphere and the vibe, and yeah. it just it just adds to it all. It's it's a great it's a great wee place to play. Yeah. Now, obviously, you, in November you're coming here with Damon Johnson. Now you're each involved in Black Star Riders. When did the idea come about for the acoustic duo? Well, it's funny. Go back to your previous question. It go. It actually started at the Diamond. Nice. That's where that's where that's where it all began. <laughs> uh, we we were doing some festivals a few years ago with Black Star Riders and we European festivals, and we had a break of four or five days and it just didn't make any sense to everybody to fly back to the, to the States because four, four of the five of us all live in America Yeah. so um, I had a, a solo I just said I'd book a solo show in the Diamond and you know, go back to Belfast and spend the time there with the family mm-hmm. uh, and I just said to Dan I said look you know instead of staying in London and, and spending a bunch of money in, in your days let's just come over to Belfast with me and stay with my family and you know I've got this gig and it'll be, it'll be great fun if you got up with me and, and did a song or two yeah. and he's like oh that sounds great so I mean, that, that happened. Came over, went to the gig. Damon got up. The place went mad, and I think he ended up playing six or seven songs with me. Nice. And the reaction was just phenomenal. So when that was done and dusted, we sort of sat there and said, "We need to do more of this." this there was definitely a really good chemistry going on there. Um, and you know, lo and behold, we got a chance a couple of months later. Same thing. You know, some, there was a, a break in touring. Didn't make sense to go back to the states. So. Damon and I decided to book um, half a dozen UK shows in Billum as Warwick Johnson, and they just went great, and that was it. That was the, the start of the whole thing. Yeah. Now, what's it like? Obviously, you've been touring with a full-blown band for years upon years. What's it like actually touring as a duo, just the two of you? Um, I mean, it's, it's obviously it's it's a, there's not as much yeah you know crew or people or gear or stuff yeah. like that. It's obviously very much on a smaller scale. 
it's basically just you know you're, you know a bag of clothes and an acoustic guitar and away mm-hmm. you go and some merch um so me myself and them we do it very simply we usually just rent rent a car and throw our stuff in and, and off we go uh, obviously when it's black star riders there's six or seven crew members a tour bus involved a truck yeah. involved um you know it's just it's it's on a different scale and they're both amazing you know don't get me wrong i love them both dearly That was part one there of our interview with Ricky Warwick, who is due to play alongside Damon Johnson in the Limelight Belfast this November. Uh, We also recently reviewed a number of gigs that are definitely worth a mention. Neck Deep recently played at the Mandela Hall, uh, Dermot Kennedy at the Limelight Belfast, and not to forget Alderbridge, who headlined at Ulster Hall for the second time in six months. Uh, So yeah, all those reviews are definitely worth a read on the website. That's www.giggingni.com. And now I would like to introduce to your listeners a band that you will never be disappointed with. Um, Investing in Trucker Diablo's music has been one of the best decisions I've made musically because simply I've yet to hear a bad Trucker album. They're consistent, they're hardworking and their songs are just fantastic. And what more? They're exceptional live. Uh, we're due to play their track Drown in the Fire at the end of the show, but first I chatted with their frontman, Tom Hart. How are you today, Tom? Not too bad, Mark. Thanks for having me. No problem at all. Now, Trucker Diablo's fourth studio album, Fighting for Everything, was released via a ple- pledge music campaign recently, and the band are due to launch that album in the bar sub Belfast on Saturday the 14th of October. Now, I've listened to the album over and over again. Um, it's certainly up there with the best Trucker Diablo albums. What do you great. yourself uh, think of the final product? Yeah, I think it's great. You know, we, we spent um, probably the most time on this one. Um, the songs have been about, you know, in previous albums, but never really sort of came to fruition or were developed that much. So mm. we're glad we got a chance uh, to do that. And, you know, people have been saying, you know, it's a lot heavier and stuff like that. And, you know, that wasn't really a constant decision. That, that's just the way the songs sort of came out. One was heavy and then there was another one was heavy. So we just said, right, well, nice. let's put these all together, you know. How, like, obviously you said there they've been flown about for a while. Did you write yeah. any recently or is it literally just a product of the last couple of years? Uh, Drowning the Fire was actually the last song to be written. Nice. But, but that song, uh, the, well, the riffs for that song have been about before... Uh, the third album was even written so nice. like I'd been just playing around with rest you know and practice and things like that but nothing really came of it but you know it's great sort of now that we can use them and I have a real bad habit and I'm sure the guys think I'm a real tit for it but <laughs> you know I have a real bad habit of sort of writing last minute tunes that I really want on the album Yeah. but luckily when I wrote Dread in the Fire they were like oh no that definitely has to be on it so nice. that was great How did you find uh, recording the album this time around? Um, it, it was it was good Um this, I think on the third album, you know, we had a good run of about two weeks of uh, recording and sort of mixing. This time around, it was sort of it was broken up. Um, and what we've done in the past two albums, which really works really well, is it's just myself and Terry, the drummer. We would mm-hmm. go in, and then I would I would play along when he puts it, the the, uh, the drum tracks down, and yeah. then everyone else would come in after and sort of lay everything up until we're happy. So that seemed to work really well. Whereas the first two albums, it was more. You know, we try to get in and everyone's sort of playing at the same time and things like that. Yeah. But this seemed to work out better. So, yeah, it's great. Days. Now, you seem to be big fans of the Pledge music. I think this yeah. is your second campaign. Um, it, yeah. Do you think it benefits both parties, both the bands and obviously the fans? I think so. You know, I think, you know, 
from a sort of um, you know fans understand you know, the music industry isn't what it was in terms of you know what bands can do and um, what what record labels can do for them. So you know it's a chance for them to sort of really get involved and support you know their favorite artists, but also get you know sort of good incentives off the back of that. Mm-hmm. And you know we we tried it out the first time around we didn't know what was going to happen but we we got so much support and um we we hadn't really initially thought we're going to do a second pledge campaign um but when we went on tour last year in uk everyone was like you should definitely do one we'll support you and you know it's it's no problem you know so we're all right well let's let's just go for it and then you know great the the fans supported us again it's just it's just great to see it just reinforces that support for the band you know here on afar because we're sending stuff all around the world so yeah what's it like whenever you sort of receive the early reviews from like Japan and Australia and stuff how does that feel it's amazing because you know we've never played those countries so it's you know so for people to really sort of get on you know on board and support us it it just it just goes to show that you know if we ever got to Australia or you know Japan there would be at least some people at our shows which would be good of course but yeah Trucker Diablo obviously was in hiatus for a while how did yeah. how did that affect you personally, and what benefits did you think the break offered everyone? Um, in fact, we well, I and I know some of the other guys personally. I, I missed it because you know it's just something that you it, it was gaining so much momentum, and then you know due to the circumstances are just what they are. There's nothing we can do about them. So it sort of I think it made us really sort of sit down and focus and go look. You know the chances of taking over the world and and you know in this uh environment with the music industry is going to be tough so let's just work it make it work for ourselves yeah i think we really there was a real turning point there to say right well let's just try and do the best shows that we can do because previously to that on songs of iron i think we've played like 48 shows in one year Mm -hmm. and it was just crazy because you know we we all work too you know and we have families so you're trying to tie all that down and you know being a band and do all these big shows is 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 tough so so now after sort of on reflection you know we, we got a good album out of it because I, I sort of locked myself away and um had written the whole album but simon had come over and he had sort of added his bits and pieces as well mm-hmm. so we got an album out of it and then we got a sort of a new kind of you know i looked to go well you know, let's just play sort of the best and the biggest shows we can and make it worthwhile yeah and obviously then once she's regrouped uh jim joined the band in the bass how yeah. did that sort of yeah. come about were you auditioning or um Actually, we we were actually just talking about you know putting out the failures on Facebook and what have you just to see if there was anyone interested. Mm-hmm. But Jim actually messaged us beforehand, nice. so he sort of preempted that and said, "Look, guys, you know, as he is about to get, he's doing a bass player. You know, if there's any chance, I'd love to come down and try it." So, so he was the first person to get in touch, and then we sort of put it out and said, "Right, well, you know, let's give everyone a fair chance." Yeah. So there was you know there was qu- there was quite a bit of interest from it, but um, Jim came down and you know. It just, you know, we just got on really well, and you know, it's just I'm sure similar to you know, hundreds of other stories of bands. Just, it just really clicked, and you know, he had all the songs down, and we said, right, well, you know, he's totally into it, and you know, it's a great decision. He's, he's such a, he's, he's so positive, and so, um, you know, his great ideas about songs and his bass lines on your album are class. Yeah, like <laughs> I've, I've seen a few shows with him, and he really does seem yeah. to enjoy the live shows. It's great to see. He, he, he does and you know um, when we're away and stuff in the festivals he just he just really makes the most of it there you know nice. and you know and that's what it's all about just enjoying it really and how's it how's it developed since then like obviously he's a, a new band member sort of coming in already a group of friends how's it developed since then is it is it just like another band member now just like friends pretty much best mates 
Yeah, he's just like an idiot like us, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, you know, I, I, I'm a full believer that you know you really get to know the measure of a person when you get them drunk. Yeah. So uh, you know when we were wearing stuff, and I was just it was just all do a good crack, and you know he just he sort of. <laughs> you, you know what it's like you know you, you get a bit drunk and you're all I love you I love you and all that stuff. <laughs> but uh, you know, he was kind of like oh I really love this and it's, you know, it's, 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 it's so great and you know so he, he really fell into it well and it's he's you know it, it couldn't be without him now he's really such a he's, he's gelled in so well into the band yeah now I would say Trucker Diablo was pretty much stadium rock like you've got the yeah. like ridiculously catchy for, uh, choruses and you've got the uh-huh. guitar solos and stuff did you have yeah. the, did you have the live show in mind when you're sort of writing these songs and rehearsing them and performing them? Do you have everything sort of in place for the live show, or is it literally just all come together? No, we're in, really not that organised. You know, that's <laughs> why we have a couple of people looking after the band. Nice. Um, no, like the, I, I remember the first the first phone call I made to Simon um, about starting a band was well, we, we both said on the phone, look, it has to be big riffs and big courses, and we've always stuck to that. It's just yeah. because it's what we like and what we enjoy. And you know we've always sort of maintained that. So there's no real the sort of the planning of the live shows really comes after the songs are developed. We actually when we were rehearsing sort of the new album, it's almost like you're covering your own songs again because yeah. they don't really develop until they're in the studio mm-hmm. until you get them recorded because there's always some other wee bits that come up to go. Oh, well, maybe try this, maybe try that. So when you have your finished product, that's when you're really rehearsing your songs. Yeah. So we were like, this is just like covering these songs. So um, even though we've been playing them for so long, but yeah, it's 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 been great, and you know we're excited this time around, and you know it's a lot of stuff happening next year, so we're just um, we're looking forward to that and seeing seeing what happens. So, see, out of out of all your back catalogue, what would you say are your own favorite like top three trucker songs? It's it, it, it's hard to pick. It's like what's your fa- what's your favorite kids? <laughs> you know, it really is. Drink beer story always. Oh yes. No yes. matter what, it always gets a massive response. As does Voodoo. You yeah. know, and at the time, which is interesting, Voodoo we never thought would be a single at the time, but because of the live response that people give to it, you're mm-hmm. going, well, Jesus, maybe we should think about this. Yeah. You know, single. Um, I have Voodoo too as well now. I am with Voodoo too, and um, which is you know, it wasn't a conscious decision either. It was just the way the song's set up it's pretty much the identical structure to the first one yeah. and it's in the same key and it's got the same sort of um, same uh, lyrical content and so we're just all, I thought well this is kind of almost like a second part so yeah. why not just have a second part and so, it, and, and yeah, it works amazing yeah, yeah it just worked out it's, it's a bit heavier than the original but um, yeah it's, it worked out great now do you have anything sort of planned for obviously have either your album launch this, this Saturday but do you have anything yeah. planned for the coming months and obviously looking into 2018 to support the release? Um, yes, well, we have a couple of shows in the UK in December, so we're away two weekends. We're doing that Planet Rockstock, nice. which is uh, you know, full of full of great bands playing, and um, then we're over in Wheels the weekend after that. Um, uh, the Rock and Roll Circus, we do an annual show every year. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's going to that's gonna end off uh, the year nicely. And then next year, we have a few shows penned in. Um, well, actually, as far as August, um, we're headlining that Rock Rockwich uh, Festival in UK, and then we're um, we're looking at other shows around that date as well. Nice. And then we're just really sort of trying. I think this time around, we're we're going to maybe try and focus a bit more on Europe. You mm-hmm. know, um, we're going to be making a few announcements shortly in terms of sort of labels and licensing deals and things like that. So it's which is sort of going to steer us into Europe. And we've had a lot of sort of positive feedback from festivals Happy in Europe, so I think we're going to try that this time and just sort of fly in, play them, fly home. Yeah, that's um, great. 
Yeah, because normally we we get the boat everywhere, so I think we're just gonna <laughs> not do that this time. No, that's great, Tom. Um, just want to say a big thank you for joining us on the show. Um, no obviously, Trucker Diablo is gonna be playing this Saturday, the fourteenth of October, in Bar Sub in the Mandela Hall in Belfast. So that's right. we certainly do recommend getting down to see that. And at the end yeah. of the show, we'll be playing "Drown in the Fire" off the brand new record. So, Tom, thank you very much for joining us. No problem, Mark. Thank you for having What do you find are the, the positives and negatives of obviously the acoustic show in comparison to the, the full-blown live experience? Um, I tend not to look at negatives of anything when, it's when you've got the chance to go out and play. Um, there's differences, I'd rather sort of maybe call them that. I think obviously there's just myself and Damon, uh, so we don't have the full, we don't have the stack of behind us, we don't have the, the powerhouse of Chad's drums behind us, mm-hmm. and, and, and Robbie's amazing bass playing, so we're very much stripped down and it's very um, sort of laid bare as it were but all the songs are written on acoustic guitar so it's no problem for us to get up and play them on acoustic guitar yeah. so it's really it's really as a no-brainer you know um, and they both are, are great obviously when you have the full band Blacks the Riders you have the volume you know you've yeah. got Scott Gorham up there you've got the whole band it's just a complete it's a full-on electric you know rock and roll show um, but it's nice to be able to do both. Do you feel any sort of pressure whenever you're sort of whenever it is just the two of you compared to the the noise behind you? No, not not at all. I mean, you know, I think it's just want to go out and give our give our best. Whether that's with you know Warwick Johnson or Blackstar Riders, that that doesn't change. You just want to go out and try and put a smile on people's faces and 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 give them a good night and something to remember. The fans, whenever they come to the the show in the limelight in November, can they expect like a range of covers from all the bands over the years? Is can we expect new Absolutely. material as well? I mean, oh, uh, I don't know if we play anything new. Um, Tell me, doing something new is that if somebody records it and it's up on YouTube the next day, and you, your new song's been given away, you know, oh, six seven months before you record the album. Yeah, which is a bit of a bump, a bit of a bit of a downer, but. Um, we we play for about two hours plus, and it will be everything from you know Black Star Riders, Thin Lizzy, The Almighty, Brother Kane, my solo stuff, Damon solo stuff, um, and and some some cover versions thrown in for good measure. Do you still get enjoyment from writing new material, and does it come easily to you still? Yeah, uh, very much. I mean, I, I think that's what the reason I keep doing this is the fact that we're able to to write and make albums, and I love writing, and and yeah, I write all the time. I'm writing constantly, um, so yeah, it's something I really really enjoy. Do you find it easy to, to write on tour? Yeah, that's when I do most of the writing. Oh, happy days. That's, a, that's actually easier than it is at home. <laughs> nice, even better. Now, obviously looking back yeah. on Thin Lizzy, whenever you, you took the role, did you sort of feel obligated to perform in a certain way with Thin Lizzy or did you just want to make the role your own? Oh, no, absolutely. I mean, there were certain things that I had to adhere to. Obviously, Phil is unique and, and you know, he's... To me, he's, a, he's the ultimate front man. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I realized that, you know, there's no way that I would ever be silly enough to, or crass enough to try and stand in those shoes. I and mean, I always say all I could do is stand beside them, and that's what I try to do. Mm-hmm. I think for me, I wanted to sing and play the songs and deliver them the way we all know and love them. Yeah. Uh, getting as close to Phil's freezing and his delivery as I could. But what but, but I said, without standing in the great man's shoes, and then put as much of myself into it as I could as well. So it's kind of walking that line. Um, and uh, certainly spent a lot of time sort of trying to perfect that and, and working on it and rehearsing and, and learning the stuff. And, uh, you know, I mean, 
everybody wants to hear the songs the way they remember them. And mm. I mean, I would, and, yeah. and that's what I tried to do. How how did you feel that tour went? Whenever obviously with Thin Lizzy, well, it was a tour. It was three years, mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know it's still going on. I mean, we did six shows last year. Um, I you know, always say people vote with their feet, and if it wasn't a success, it would have would have just been one tour. Yeah. But the first tour was a set was a sellout across the board, and and I said we we toured constantly for three years off the back of that. Yeah. And uh, got back together, you know, to do some celebratory shows last year. Yeah. So I mean, you know, I think. That, there, there's the proof. I think it went. I think it went very well. People just love the songs. It's about the songs. It's not about me. It's not about, uh, you know. It's about Finn Lizzie and those great songs. Yeah. And, and and getting the chance to hear them again, and getting the chance to see, you know, Scott Gorham, you know, playing those solos. Mm-hmm. And obviously, given your musical career, I'm ass- I'm I'm assuming you just developed a, almost a con- constant need for music. Do do you sort of still seek out new bands, or are you are you very are you still very much like a, a nostalgic listener? No, both. You know, um, I'm still always trying to check out new bands and, and, and listen to stuff that's going on. Obviously, you have your favourites that you grew up with they are still your favourites. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's nothing I like more than sort of going back in time and discovering a band that, you know, sort of you know passed me by or I hadn't picked up on first time around. But I still very much check out, um, you know, new bands and stuff like that. What is it? In fact, what? a band from Belfast, I really like, like a minute called Petty Youth. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Is that what you're listening to right now? Yeah. Yeah, well, I just sort of discovered their stuff about four or five months ago, and I think I think they're great, absolutely brilliant, mother vibe, just love the whole attitude. Happy days. And the songs, great songs. So. And we like to ask all our guests this question: Can you recall, um, as a fan, the favorite ever, your favorite show you ever attended? So, like, we'd like to know sort of who it was, where it was, and roughly when it was, if you can. Um, I think it's. Been, I mean, honestly, there's been so many, there's so many gigs that I've been to of. of Oh, made an impression on me, you know, mm-hmm. and certainly with a lot of bands I've opened for as well, you know, like some Overhead and the Ramones, Iron Maiden, Metallica, you know, all those bands. Um, but I think the one really it has to be Stiff Little Fingers. It's the one I always go to because it's nice. the one that changed my life forever, and that was the Ulster Hall in 1980. Nice. Um, and that was the reason I picked up a guitar was was that show. Yeah. And do you, do you still have any sort of dreams for the future? Is there anything you still like to accomplish? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think you just you want to keep playing, continue to play, and and and, and you know make a living out of, of what you love doing. Um, I've been very lucky; I've been able to do that for the last thirty years, and, and I'd like to continue be, to be able to do that as long as as long as I can. I mean, I love playing, I love writing, and and just keep on doing what I'm doing. Happy days. And of course, uh, you're playing in the limelight on Sunday, the fifth of November. Um, I just want to say yep. a big thanks for speaking to us. Um, Thank you very much. Thanks for taking the time, Mark, and hello to everybody over there. And uh, we'll see you in the limelight November 5th. Thank you very much. Awesome. Thanks, man. All the best. Cheers, Mark. Take care, mate. And there you have it, that's two interviews with two of the finest musicians in Northern Ireland and they've even both collaborated too. Um, big thanks to Ricky Work there for taking the time out to chat with us and don't forget you can catch him alongside Damon Johnson in the Limelight Belfast on Sunday the 5th of November and no doubt they're going to smash it, they always do. Uh, big thanks to Tom Hart from Trucker Diablo for speaking with us as well and we wish them the best of luck with their launch show in the Bar Sub on Saturday the 14th of October and of course all their future plans for next year it sounds very exciting indeed 
Um, also, a big thanks to you for listening. I um, hope you enjoyed the show. You can, of course, subscribe on iTunes and SoundCloud for future episodes. And, of course, you can catch all the previous ones on our website, www.giggingni.com. Now, to play us out, this is Trucker Diablo with a brand new Drown in the Fire. The light